Hey, this is Andy Holloway, and you're listening to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. This show is one of the most insanely idiotic podcasts that I've ever heard, and at no point during the rambling, incoherent podcast you're about to listen to did any rational thoughts emerge from these podcast hosts. So while you listen, may God have mercy on your soul. Welcome in to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. That is Matt. We are here to deliver our Week 7 NFL preview. We've also got a mailbag question to answer, but first, how you doing, Matt? Tony, is that you? <laughs> oh, man, so good to have you back. I miss you so much. Oh, man, this is, oh, what a day. What a day. Is it weird talking to somebody? It's weird. I don't know what to do with my hands here. <laughs> Um, I got so used to asking myself poignant life questions that uh, uh, having you back in studio feels like a real treat, a real Thursday delight. That uh, manager on manager you did was was good. It was really good. You did great the last couple of weeks, uh, flying solo and all that. Thanks for covering down. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, you will get your chance to return the favor uh, next week. <laughs> next uh, week. The week after, I'll be bedridden, so I'll be definitely be available to make pods. But next week, I'll be having my operation on... Wednesday, won't be out of the hospital till Thursday, probably will not be able to make anything next week. Understood. We'll be thinking of you. Just so you know, uh, the ratings for your episodes, the ones you did solo, they've never been better. So we're not doing that anymore. Those are done. Yeah. We don't want to give the people, you people, we don't want to give you what you want. Uh, All right. Moving on to uh, today's mailbag. Each week, we take a question or two from some of our most loyal listeners. And this week, we've got another one. This one is from at Hackett Journey. He's, he's written in a few times. He wrote, hey guys, love Matt last week. He should host more solo shows. There you go. My question this week is based on hypothetical quarterback usage. What are your thoughts on stopping your quarterback from throwing after he started a game 10 for 10 and led three scoring drives in the first half of a football game? End quote. What do you got? Depends on the quarterback. Um, if it is... Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I think you, uh, I think you let them continue to sling the ball. Mm-hmm. If it's a quarterback, hypothetically, who cooks um, yeah. and who likes to ride in Bronco Country, ah, uh, you probably still let him throw. I would imagine. You know what? No, it doesn't matter the quarterback. You let him throw. You uh, continue to do what's working for you. Uh, you don't make adjustments in game away from what worked to what clearly doesn't work in the hopes that you will lose a game in overtime again by a field goal? Maybe that's so just bad. what he's trying to do. Maybe the, Look, I don't know if we've thought this out. Maybe our uh, our listener, our writer, was it at Nathan At Journey? Hackett Journey. At yeah. Hackett Journey. Maybe at Hackett Journey, maybe he bought a, a used Toyota from a John Elway dealership one time. And <laughs> I know they're not owned by John Elway anymore, but they were owned by John Elway when he was hired in. Maybe he bought a used Toyota you know, Camry, like a 93 Camry from a John Elway Toyota somewhere and wherever he grew up. And, you know, he was assured that the car was in tip top running condition uh, just to find out that it had a blown transmission and uh, they call it red devil, but it's basically head gasket repair, <laughs> repair liquid <laughs> bursting out of his radiator. And maybe he's upset about it. So what did he do? He took over John Elway's legacy, the Broncos, and he's burning it into the ground. 40 chests, right? Yeah. For me, the short answer is no. And I hope this isn't based on real life, 
because Russell Wilson had, I think, three completions in the second half and overtime of that football game. So really, really bad play calling. Not sure what exactly is going on in Denver. I guess hypothetically what's going on in Denver, right? All right, before we break down this week's matchups, where do we stand on the season? We had a rough week last week. We did go 500. Take that. We went over 500. There's 13 games. Uh, you went seven and six, and I also went seven and six. Okay. Um, we differed on four games. I should have taken Philly. I was just emotionally hedging, and I took Dallas, and that ended up being the what tied us up. But mm-hmm. you took Philly. They won. I took Dallas. Obviously, I was wrong there. You took Indianapolis, and I took Jacksonville. And Jacksonville almost won that game, but it doesn't matter. Indianapolis won. Uh, but I took the New York Jets. And I took the Seattle Seahawks. You took the Cardinals and the Packers. Uh, long story, short story, short. You went seven and six. I went seven and six. We both improved to fifty four and thirty eight. We're still tied. Okay, neck and neck through six weeks of the season. There we go. Let's clean it up this week. That was a that was an ugly week six. This week we have more of those pesky buys. If you guys weren't tracking, we have the Bills, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Eagles. They're all taking the week off. But in our first matchup. We're recording this during the Thursday night game. We both took Arizona. We've got the text messages to prove it. If anyone wants to call us out on Twitter, Nate. But in our first matchup, we have the Falcons going to the Bengals. Cincinnati is favored by six. This over-under is set at 47 and a half. Who you got, Matt? Uh, Bengals. Right? This is an easy one. Is it? Is it? Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals. Falcons have been riding high. It's on the road. Jamar Chase is back from the dead. Hopefully we get a healthy T. Higgins this uh, this weekend. Joe Mixon looked more efficient in that game last week. The Bengals are kind of piecing it together, kind of showing some of the things that they showed they got in the Super Bowl last year. And look, the Falcons are frisky. Kyle Pitts scored a touchdown on U.S. soil last week. Let's not <laughs> let's celebrate a little bit. Let's uh, let's not bury the lead here. Um, that and I guess that run heavy approach that that the Falcons is the best case scenario to try to limit the snaps and the amount of times mm-hmm. that Jamar Chase can get the ball downfield from Joe Burrow. But that being said, I still think the Bengals get a win. I just think they're a spirit team. Yeah, I've got the Falcons in a category with the Jets and the Giants as overachievers through six weeks. Their offense has been efficient. Sure, they lead the league in rushing DBOA. They run a lot. You mentioned that, which makes sense. We all know that Marcus Marietta has his limitations. The offense has its limitations. They should be able to keep it interesting. I ultimately have the Bengals as well. I was trying to get you to go to the Falcons, but I'm going with the more explosive offense, the more explosive playmakers. I feel like taking Atlanta is just kind of falling into a trap, especially on the road here. And then what I'm watching, the Atlanta backfield, it's kind of a mess. I want no part, but I'm back on the Kyle Pitts radar. Week six, he had an 84% route participation. He was targeted on 21% of those routes and he had a 21% target share. And you mentioned it, he scored a damn touchdown. It's crazy. Second of his career? Is that the second one? Second of his career. Second of his one was in London town. That's right. All right. In our next matchup, we've got the Lions going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Dallas is favored by a touchdown. Over under is set at 48. It's pretty high. What do you got? Dak is back. Dak's back, right? He is. He said he's playing. Ooh, then I'm taking the... I'm just kidding. I'll take Dallas. <laughs> I'll take the Cowboys. The defense should uh, should do some good things against the Lions. Um, I don't think Jerry Goff is going to be able to put up as much points as they have in previous weeks. Just look at how they performed against Patriots. I think they'll uh, pitch us you know, against a good defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn and a really you know, defense abreast with defensive talent. I'm taking Cowboys to win, a, which should be a fairly easy contest for them. Yeah, we've belabored the point of how bad the Detroit defense is on this show, but let me remind you, if you forgot, since Detroit was on by last week, no one was talking about them. The Lions ranked dead last in total defensive DVOA, 32nd in passing, 31st in rushing. So Dallas should be able to do whatever they want 
with the game plan. And you mentioned it, Dak is likely playing for this one. Not to mention the Dallas D. They've been huge this year. Third against the pass, sixth overall in total DVOA on defense. Give me Dallas as well. We're two for two here. What I'm watching, uh, C.D. Lamb versus Jeff Okuda. Lamb has run 98% of the Cowboys routes this season, and he's been targeted on 28% of those routes run with a 33% target share. So massive. Just going to see if Okuda can limit him. He had a great game against Justin Jefferson. What was it in week two? He's the second best receiver on that team, talent-wise, if you ask me. Who's the first? Noah Brown. (laughs) Noah Brown was an ass cheek away from having a game-tying touchdown against the Eagles last week. Like, that game was out of hand, and then it got really close. And there was a play where he were, and it was on Bradbury, and Bradbury did really well, and he's been doing it all season. There was two plays where Bradbury got burnt. One, that one it wasn't even burnt. No, Brown was just, just made a spectacular play, just happened to be out of bounds. Yeah. And then the other incredible play was CeeDee Lamb burned James Bradbury, tripped him up, had him on the ground. Uh, too bad Brandon Graham was there to hit Cooper Rush while he threw, so worked out well. But, yeah, I, no, Brown looks good, man. He looks really good. He does look really good, and it, it pisses me off because I think he wears number 85, so he'll catch the ball sometimes. And I, I think it's C.D. Lamb. Like, I get That's confused racist. for a second. No, he's just, he's really, oh, shut up. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Colts, they travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Tennessee's favored by two and a half. Over-under is pretty low. Set at 42.5. We got Taking the Colts. Taking the Colts here. Well, that, that Tennessee defense banged up. You know, they've got a couple things, that, you know, they have a couple ways to get the quarterback, but... I mean, if you're a Colts fan, what do they do every year? They start off like and they just get a little better, a little better each week. They win games they shouldn't, like they beat the Chiefs. But now Matt Ryan's fresh off a 359-yard with zero sacks, and that's exactly why he got to those yards. Uh, Jonathan Taylor should be on the field more this game. Yeah, give me give me the Colts to beat the Titans. Yeah, they're not doing themselves any favors, like bringing in a new veteran quarterback every year that has to learn a new system, new line, new receivers, all that. So I think that definitely factors in. But in this one, I think I'm going the other way. Indy enters this matchup with the 31st ranked offense overall. They're 30th in pass DVOA and 32nd in rush DVOA, dead last. Uh, the Titans don't have a massive edge there, but they rank 19th in total DVOA on offense, 11th for passing and 18th for rushing. I don't think... Mike Rabel really cares about those efficiency metrics. The Colts are going to get a heavy dose of Derrick Henry, especially coming off that bye. He's fresh. So I do think this will be a close game. It's going to be one in the trenches, as these ones usually are. Lower snaps for both sides. Lots of runs. Stop at the line of scrimmage. But like I said, I'm leaning Titans, and I take the under on this one too. Are, uh, are you from Tennessee? Am I the only 10 you see? No, you're a five. I was just trying to make conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, what I'm watching, Colts wide receivers. So Pittman, target share was 27% in week six. He ran every single route. Paris Campbell rose from the dead, and he ran all the routes, 100% route participation. And he got a 17% target. What the hell? I don't know if Matt Ryan had some like some prop bets or what on Paris Campbell, but he hit him. And then uh, Alec Pierce, he had 70% of the routes and a 13% target share, his lowest on the year, definitely impacted by Paris Campbell. So just kind of seeing how this receiving core kind of settles. Next game, Packers go to Washington to take on the Commanders. Green Bay's favored by five points, over under, also low at 41 and a half. What do you got? Look, if you are promiscuous, you sleep around a lot, and you get a real bad case of throat gonorrhea, uh, doctor's going to ask you not to talk, give you some ice chips, definitely give you some penicillin, some antibiotics, and tell you to take it easy on the uh, on the SEX for a little while. Take a take a break. Um, if you're the Green Bay Packers and you're fresh off of two losses to New York teams, it's no better cure than playing a Carson Wentz-less 
which already was bad, but a Carson Wentzless, Taylor Heineke-led commanders team that looks, uh, you know, Dan Snyder trouble. Who knows what's going on there? Ron Rivera's pissed off. It, it is, out of all of the situations in the NFL, there's a few laughable ones. That one's like, it's up there. It's hilarious. There's it's a bad. lot to laugh about, a lot to be angry about. For sure, there's a lot going on. Their defense is actually playing decently well, so I don't expect the Packers to explode on offense, but they, they will get the W this week. Yeah, Heineke, he's back, baby. Unfortunately, he gets to throw against a team that ranks ninth in past EVOA. Uh, the Packers are the worst in the NFL at defending the rush, so there may be some opportunity there for, you know, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. There's no way, though, Rodgers drops three three straight, right? Right, Matt? There's no way. No way. It's not happening. There's no way. Not happening. Yeah, give me Green Bay. Though. I'd love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, watching Brian Robinson here, mentioned him. I even had his, uh, his music on one of the previous episodes, but highest snaps, highest rush attempts, highest routes, highest inside the five attempts in week six. So arrows definitely pointing up for him. Next game, Tampa Bay at Carolina. This is going to be a fast one. Tampa Bay favored by 10 over under at 40.5. You got Tampa, right? I got Tampa. Carolina's a dumpster. Yeah. What I call the landfill fire last week? I think I called the Rams a dumpster fire. And I said, well, good thing for them. They're playing a dumpster fire. Um, yeah, vibes aren't great in Tampa Bay. Um, I saw someone like almost perfectly online, like, Lips and not lip sync, but like laid over the sound when he was yelling his his uh, offensive lineman is like, "Do you think I let my family go to to come out here and lose?" <laughs> it's probably not what he said. Uh, it's bad. It's not great. That being said, they're Tampa Bay. They still have all the offensive weapons in the world, and they are facing PJ Walker and the Carolina Panthers. I think so. Maybe it's Dar- so I don't bad. Know. So Robbie Anderson's gone. They're trying to create Christian McCaffrey. They're not going to because they're paying him way too much money and they're asking for way too much in return. You just just it is they are full 2023 mode like they are done with this year uh and that's fine that's that's to be expected after firing that rule so i'm taking 10 yeah no no commentary really needed here at pj walker i think's going sam darnold might be the baker it doesn't matter who's under center i think the bucks win this one easily next matchup the giants they go to jacksonville to take on the jaguars who are favored by a field goal this one is at 42 and a half who are you taking giants are favored on the road the Jaguars are the home favorites. The Jaguars are the home favorites? Yeah. Oh, you got to give me that road dog, 5-1. and one. <laughs> That being said, I'm going to take the Jags. Wow. I'm going to take the Jags. It is my third week in a row, expecting the Jags to be better than they actually are. And that's fine. I'm just, like, I'm watching the Giants play, and I'm like, how are they doing this? I actually watched a decent amount of that Ravens game, and you're like, they're being outgained, first downed, Every almost every off- EPA per play, like almost every offensive metric, they're being dominated. But they do just enough in key moments to move the sticks and to convert and to score. Their defense, obviously, that was uh, the defense coordinator for the Giants. I can't think of his name right now, um, but he used to, he was unceremoniously fired from the Ravens last year. So um, it's kind of a revenge game for him against Lamar. I, I think that Doug Peterson will do enough creative things with uh, Trevor Lawrence in this offense, get those weapons going kind of expose some some aspects of that defense and offensively i mean saquon but there's not a whole lot else there to like so look they're five they're five and one giants have been an awesome story through six weeks of the season shout out to dayball dude cemented his legacy they're gonna build a statue for him if they make the playoffs in front if they haven't one. already right if they haven't already yeah. uh and i love it but i, I think the jags get the w this week yeah i think they've done it on the back of saquon on, on the legs the quads the glutes the calves of Saquon. that's how they've done it matt this is another game we're being tricked into betting here, I think. Uh, I want to take the plus odds for the Giants, but looking through the Jaguars' performances so far, they've got a top-10 defense in terms of DVOA. They're 13th against the pass, 9th against the run, 
The Giants rank 30th using the same metrics on the defensive side. It's also in Jacksonville, so maybe that's helped push the line a little further towards the Jags. Home teams, they typically get that field goal right in the neutral matchup, so it's probably a trap either way. Give me the Jags, though. I'm with you. And what I'm watching is ETN. Week 6, he had 51% of the snaps, 32% of the rushing attempts, ran about 60% of the routes, 8% target share low, but it's a running back. And then he was targeted on 15% of his routes run. Uh, seems to be trending in favor of ETN. Guys like Jamichael Hasty, though, they keep popping up. I understand that, but the rest of season outlook for ETN seems pretty bright. Moving on to our next matchup, the Browns travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. They're favored by six and a half over under at 46. Who you got in this one? Ravens. Ravens should have won last week. Ravens yep. probably should have beat the Bills three weeks ago. All three of their losses, they were leading for all of but like a minute of each game. Yeah. Uh, it's real tough. It's just crazy. But I do trust Harbaugh to get their and that team to get their together against a Cleveland Browns team that is just bad on defense. They're just, they're not disciplined. They're not playing well. They're not scheming it properly. They're not doing anything that a defense should do. Um, and they're struggling against much worse offenses and much lesser quarterback talent. <laughs> Bama's happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bama's happy. It was not shot at you. I'm just. Your, your backup. Like four, Matt, it, Matt's just got a tickle in his throat. That's got all. A, got a tickle in my throat. Uh, it is Lamar Jackson that have a big day against this Cleveland Browns team. The Browns have been god-awful defensively this year. You mentioned it. got some stats to back it up. They rank 31st in Team DVOA uh, on that side of the ball, 27th against the pass, and 30th against the run. We thought they were going to be a lot better coming into the season. Uh, I think the Ravens get it done here. It helps that it's a home game for Baltimore, and the touchdown, it feels right. It's about a touchdown, six and a half. Uh, what I'm watching is Rashad Bateman. He should be back this week. He got in limited sessions on Wednesday and Thursday, and Mark Andrews was a surprise DNP both days. And if he doesn't go, I'm pushing Bateman way up my wide receiver rankings this week. His last game in week four, he had a 21% target share with Andrews, so you definitely like what that sounds like, uh, Sands Andrews. Next matchup, the Jets. They go to Denver to take on the Broncos. Broncos are favored by a field goal over under at 42 and a half. Are you riding? Are we riding this week with Denver? I'm flying with the with the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Take the Jets. They're exciting. They got that swag. But more than that, they really have a few difference makers at playmaking positions. Uh, Sauce Garner, legit corner. Yes. Um, Brees Hall, legit running back. He, we knew we were going to see it coming into the season. It took a few weeks to get there. Uh, Zach Wilson doing enough not to lose them games. Uh, I think that's key here. They're throwing way less than they were with Joe Flacco. Like it's almost a three to one clip than they were throwing with Joe Flacco. They're doing a lot of creative things with Michael Carter and a lot of creative things with Brees Hall. Uh, you love to see it. That defense is getting after quarterbacks. I predicted they were going to cause Aaron Rodgers trouble, and they did. They did. And I expect them to do the same thing against Russell Wilson. This should. This is a classic trap game where Broncos play like against really good teams, and then go up against another good team that they should lose to and then win the game. But I am taking the Jets. So how dare you even think about this? I'm on the opposite you side should be in, You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, it doesn't feel good after watching them, what, three or four the past six weeks? Dude, they still have three more primetime games. Three more. How did that happen? The Jets, they're not as good as their record implies. I don't care what, what you say. I've watched them pass the ball. They're 25th in the league in passing DVOA and middle of the pack in rushing. Like They haven't even been top 10 in rushing, right? They're doing okay, but they somehow fell awkwardly into four wins. They're not flying, Matt. They're falling with style. That's probably the better description, right? They get the Broncos this week who have the number two ranked defense in terms of DVOA, and they're first against the pass. They're going to eat Zach Wilson alive. I don't care about Russ's Danger Witch. I've seen some some tweets, some live streaming about people eating that. It's pretty funny. Uh, it looks <laughs> gross. 
Ooh, he said is... it's spicy. It's just banana peppers and bell peppers. That's, it's spicy. That, that's not spicy. It's spicy. Ooh, that is dangerous. <laughs> I don't care about Hackett blowing two or three games so far this year. Give me, give me Denver, and it hurts to say that. But all right. Next matchup: Houston goes to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders, where the Raiders get a touchdown at home. Over under set at forty five and a half. We got Vegas. You know, Houston Texans come out in Week One and they tie with the Indianapolis Colts. You're like, oh, shit, this team's got some spunk. They got some life. False. Not true. They are not a good football team. They are. They are what we originally thought they would be coming into the season. That is competing for the overall number one pick. And the Las Vegas Raiders have vastly underachieved uh, based on the talent on that team. I think they get their straight and they win this game. You're, uh, you're just throwing cuss words all over. I'm going to have to work overtime with the I bleep. cursed zero times last week when I did solo, so you wouldn't have to bleep because I knew you were on a family vacation. I do and appreciate I to try it. to simplify things for you. You're back here. You've got two weeks of work to make up for. You better... Edit the shit out of this podcast. I've got, I've got three monitors. I've got all my sound effects here. Yeah, we're good. Uh, I like the Raiders at home coming off the bye. I don't think Devontae Adams is going to commit first-degree misdemeanor assault, but I think he's set up to have a great game. PFF has him at a 91.2 in terms of wide receiver cornerback matchups. That's second highest in the week uh, behind only Tyreek Hill. So give me Las Vegas. Moving on now to the Seattle Seahawks. They travel to L.A. to take on the Chargers where the Chargers are favored by a touchdown. This over-under is the highest on the week, I believe, at 52 and a half. Who you got? I got the Seahawks. I liked it. I got to differentiate. I take road dogs. Yeah, that's what it the is. Colts, take the Jets, and taking the Seahawks. Look, don't let the Chargers fool you. They have looked terrible this season, for and specifically the last few games. Like They just look inept on offense. Yeah, they won that game against the Broncos because the Broncos did the Broncos they gave, do. They gave it away. They, gave it away. <laughs> they had no business winning that game. Uh, I think I mentioned it, but Justin Herbert set the record with like pass attempts without scoring a touchdown. Their their wide receivers are banged up. I just Austin Eckler's been great. Um, Seattle's defense sucks, but I think Seattle does enough on defense and doesn't give the ball away to win this game. I like Seattle. Did you see the uh, the DK promo bet? Justin no. Herbert, no no touchdowns. No. Yeah. How much did that pay out? Yeah, I think he set a record for like most passes in a game with no touchdowns. That's it. Yeah, most passes. Yeah. Kind of kind of curious. Some Tim Donahue action maybe going on there. Just a conspiracy. Uh, Nate, we might have to have you on to discuss that one. But the Seahawks entered this matchup with a 22nd ranked defense looking at DVOA. They're 26th against the pass, 21st against the run. They've also given up the most yards. They're not good. And they get the Chargers this week who rank 12th in offensive DVOA and have the ninth ranked passing game. They also likely are going to get Keenan Allen back. I think he's been practicing in a limited uh, capacity. So, yes, please. I like the over in this one. I like the Chargers. Going the other way, Matt. I think you knew that, though. I did. That's why I took his help. And what I'm watching, Geno Smith. So, QB7 on the year. He's averaging just under 19 fantasy points per game. Will he continue to be a reliable option? Managers across America drafted guys like Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, etc. And they need help at the position, Matt. And that's actually me. I'm the manager across America. I need some help. And Gino's been the guy so far, so I, I need this dude to stay above 15 points per game. It's I'm getting desperate. Here's the thing with Gino. Through six weeks, I think it's more than just a fluke. I think it's a trend. And he's just trending to playing good football this year. And he has Tyler Lockett and DK freaking Metcalf on the receiving end. Yeah. So if he can play a cop in football, he has two of he has possibly the best wide receiver tandem, not just in talent, but how they play off each other and what their skill sets are. That's just I don't know. It's kind of, he's been throwing the ball better than Russ has, and it's kind of fun to watch. 
Also has no shortage of tight ends. I don't know how many tight ends they even have in Seattle. It's like a different dude every week. Will Disley's the only one that gets touchdowns, though. Will Disley's the only one that gets touchdowns. All right, next game, Kansas City. They go to San Francisco to take on the Niners. Kansas City, road favorites. They get a field goal. Overrunners at 48. We got As it should be, it's Kansas City. This offense is just too much. And it's not that they're not too much for a healthy San Francisco for another defense. This defense is banged up. They just... They let Atlanta kind of walk all over him. Probably should have seen that, but it was Atlanta, so what we were supposed to do. But I'm not going to overthink this one. Kansas City offensively is going to get the job done. And defense, I'm like, look, Garoppolo and that offense is nice when your defense is keeping games close. But when you have to go out there and shoot it out, that's not what they're built for. So give me Kansas City to win the game. Yeah, the Chiefs get the field goal on the road in this one. And given some key injuries, I tend to agree. Ibukum, Hufanga, McGlinchey, Armstead, and Ward, they were all DNPs on Wednesday. I haven't checked uh, for today. And they lost Emmanuel Mosey, obviously, a couple weeks ago to a torn ACL, I believe. San Fran, they can get after the run. They rank first in rushing DVOA. Missing some key pieces, though. But doesn't even matter. The Chiefs don't do that. They're going to pass the ball. And they're number two in the league in passing DVOA. They rank second among all NFL teams in total offense. So I'm also taking... The Chiefs, what I'm watching is Juju. Uh, hits his highest route share of the year at 91% in week six. Targeted on 11% of those routes, not great, but there's so many receivers. And then obviously, Travis Kelsey's the number one option there, right? Had a 15% target share, and then he's coming off uh, that wide receiver seven finish, 22.3 PPR points. So his best, uh, definitely his best day on the year. He's parking up a little bit. Juju's, I, we'll see. This will be a nice game to gauge if that. Uh increased time increased starting time with Patrick Mahomes starts creating yeah. some sort of reliable connection that we should we can bet on going forward exactly is that is it something there or is it just one or two big plays last week but next matchup this is the Sunday night game Pittsburgh they go to Miami to take on the Dolphins where Miami gets the touchdown at home over unders at 44 what do you got who's starting quarterback for Miami should be Tua who's starting quarterback for Pittsburgh likely gonna be Pickett okay I will take Miami take Miami would, I mean, would Trubisky change your mind? Nope. Or would it make it just like a more definitive choice? More definitive choice. Okay, gotcha. Ask me if Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson would change my mind. It would not. I will take Miami either. I just <laughs> wanted to have some fun. There's just a lot of things going on here. Yeah, it's Miami. Look, they've they've been, you know, they've been minus their starting quarterback for the better part of two and a half weeks. Their own fault. Their own fault. Let's, let's not make two bones about it. They've mishandled that situation. Yeah. I hope two is okay. I hope he really is ready to play. And if he is... All systems are go. He's been fine. He's been really good this season. And Tyreek Hill's playing out of his mind yeah. at the wide receiver position. Like he's putting on days with Skylar Thompson throwing him and Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball. Like he, like he's not getting enough love. Like everyone's talking about Cooper Cup, rightfully so. Justin Jefferson, rightfully so. But I think Tyreek Hill is second to Cooper Cup in targets, and for, he's got more area. I just he's having a good season so far. I really like Tyreek Hill. So timeout. Look. We've got some breaking news here. I just got an underdog notification. CMC traded to the Niners. Does that change your pick? No way. Are you serious? Draft picks, yeah. The Niners took CMC? They did. No way. No mames. Are you serious? <laughs> just saw it. Oh, my goodness. Why? Well, I guess I'll just go ahead and drop Jeff Wilson. That hurts CMC. Right. That hurts Debo. What the yeah. f- no, I'm still taking Kansas City. This is... Nate, you're going to have to answer for this. This is your team. They've made themselves a better team collectively, but collectively worse for fantasy football. I guess that's what you're supposed to do. Who gives a fantasy football? Way to go, Niners. What did they give up from? Draft picks. I didn't see the details. Why are they giving up draft picks? They don't have any. They wasted them all on Trey Lance, and he's hurt. <laughs> they are not the Rams. 
dude. Kyle Shanahan's gonna be Kyle Shanahan's gonna be jobless at a barbecue, sitting next to Matt Rule. Like, what did we do? We both had him. We both had the white ghost, the white shadow, and we couldn't win with him. Let's go ahead and pivot back now to this game, uh, this Pittsburgh Miami game. So two has been cleared from the concussion protocol. Should be back for this one from everything I've read. While the Steelers have been feisty, they've been a little feisty. Their defense ranks 31st in total yards allowed, 31st in passing yards allowed, 18th in rushing yards allowed, and then 26 on third down. They're not stopping anybody, and I think Miami back at full strength is going to be too much, hence the touchdown this week from the books. Give me Miami. Kenny Pickett also, as we mentioned, should be back. Uh, worth noting here that Pickett's been pressured on about half his dropbacks and has a QB rating of 59.3, not great, and an EPA on those pressured attempts of negative 0.43. Anything negative is not good. And guess what? The Dolphins like to blitz. I think we've talked about that before, but they do so at the eighth highest rate in the league. So another reason I'd fade Pittsburgh in this matchup. Yeah, well, as a George Pickens owner who has to start him due to bye week madness this week, a lot of good offenses around by this week, Bills and Eagles. Yeah, so I'm hoping that George Pickens gets involved and has a good day. But yeah, it's just should be a positive uh, game script, right, for the passing attack there, right? It, if Kenny Pickett can get rid of the ball without getting sacked a million times. We'll see. We'll see. All right, we'll move on to our last game here, the Monday night game. This is Chicago going to New England. It's going to be a real great game for Monday night. Real good primetime showdown here. New England's favored by 7.5. Over-unders low. I think the lowest on the week, 39.5. Who you got? I already penciled us both in for New England, and I started working on my dad joke for the end of the episode. Just give you an idea of where my head's at. Uh, yeah, it's New England. Damian Harris is back. That running game is going to be outstanding. Roger Stevenson, if anybody, any of our loyal, wonderful listeners bet the over on Roger Stevenson, see if you can get that bet back. Not to say that he won't go over it, he probably will not look like a fool, but Damian Harris being healthy for this game, it just, it just, it's got Belichick stank all over it. Just like throwing up the middle finger to fantasy football players who, and just, you think he's going to zig or zag, and he puts a finger in your, I don't know, he doesn't <laughs> zig or zag, he just does the last thing anybody expects, and that is run the running back who's not been hot for two weeks. So be wary, and that's one backfield I am looking at because I have both Ramondre and Damian Harris in several places. And I'm just like, one of them stay down. I'm cool. One of them stay down. I got the other one. I'm fine. I don't want them both healthy. It's unfortunate. But uh, I'm taking New England. Chicago, it's, it's rough. That's rough. Lowest implied point total on the week. If you ever need a reason not to watch Monday Night Football, I think this might be it. Maybe spend some time with the family. I'm taking the Patriots, though. They're eighth in points allowed, kind of middle of the pack in terms of rushing and passing defense. But this is the Bears. Chicago on the other side, they're 31st in rushing yards allowed, 27th in rushing DVOA against, and 30th in third down percentage. So fire up your New England running backs. I think they're going to lean on the run game. Fire up the Patriots this week. You are correct in penciling in New England for me. Yeah, uh, life hack, gentlemen and ladies, whoever's listening to this. I haven't. I don't know if we've got the gender statistics on this on our listenership, but um, whoever you are, um, say your significant other doesn't know a lot about football and is really annoyed about how much football you watch. Go ahead and like, just go up to them. You know what, honey, let's make some plans for Monday night. Let's make, you know, let's go out to dinner let's go see a movie. Let's do something Halloween related with the kids before Halloween. Let's go to a pumpkin patch. Pumpkin patch. Perfect time. Let's, let's go do something. I know that Monday night football's on. I know how much, I know you know how much I love football, but I'm willing to sacrifice my time with football this year, especially around the holiday. That's really important to you and the kids. So let's go, let's plan something. Let's do something. She doesn't need to know. It's the Bears and the Patriots with the lowest point implied point total of the week. She doesn't need to, they don't, they could be a sheer he does. I don't know. They don't need to know. All they need to know is that you are putting the family first over this one football game that no one wants to watch. Unless you live in the New England or Chicago area, in which case I don't think you want to watch if you live in Chicago anyway. So 
Just phenomenal relationship advice here, guys. You're well. This is free. Again, it's for free. Gave away some great advice on Taco Corp the last episode there. Doing it again on this episode. You're welcome. We should we should really look at a Patreon, putting this behind a paywall. You think our numbers will go up or down? <laughs> I, I've always wanted to do that. Just like do dad tasks around the house, like change some brakes on, put on OnlyFans, right? Don't charge anything for it. Use it what it was intended for. Is that what it was intended for? I don't know. How do you know? How much research have you done into OnlyFans? <laughs> a lot. I've done a lot of research. Uh, for science, obviously. Awesome. That's it for the week seven preview. We're going to get out of here in a sec, but any final thoughts, Matt? Uh, I got a dad joke and I got some, um, some, some pop culture news for everybody. Let's hear it. Uh, we're recording this at, you know, currently our time is eight thirty Pacific on a Wednesday. Um, Taylor Swift's new album midnight drops in 30 minutes here. That's 12 Eastern nine Pacific, uh, new album, should be fire. It's Taylor Swift. She always does well. So I know uh, Julian wanted to make sure that we mentioned that. He's He's been DMing me mm-hmm. every day for the last three months saying, hey, 27 days to midnight, 16 days to midnight. And then today he's like two hours to midnight. So I want to make sure that you know we gave him a shout out on the pod. Yeah. And Taylor is a huge fan of the show too. Loyal listener. Uh, so we're rooting for her. We're super excited for her new album. She's huge in Poland. Yeah, I was. We were working on getting the rights to play one of her songs at the end of the episode, but her people did not get back to us in time. Our legal department really dropped the ball. Uh, they were out of pumpkin patch with their kids. We gotta. We gotta revisit that advice. But yeah, I think our mistake was letting Josh and David, uh, our producers, handle that. I mean, that wasn't great, and I'm not happy about that. That was mistake number one. Josh didn't even listen to the episode, so he didn't get the advice. He didn't even get the assignment. Honestly, that's our worst hire ever. He does nothing. And David David opened up the DM with Taylor Swift with a nude picture of himself. All the meat is uh, 100% real. Not a great way to get the conversation yeah, started. Not appropriate. We've, we've actually got him too in some, uh, some sexual assault training right now. Yeah, there's not enough sexual assault training in the world. But, uh, if you've ever, had to, if you ever lived, worked in corporate America and you watch a sexual harassment training class, and you're like, who's saying this? Shit? It's David Richter. Yeah. He is the one saying that. Shit. Thanks, David. I also got a dad joke for you. Let's hear it. What do sprinters eat before a big race? Fettuccine Alfredo. Nothing. They fast. It's <laughs> good. I like it. Anything else? Go birds. Six and oh. And yeah. Go birds. Go birds. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. As always. Go Boner Jams 03. I will return next week with the week seven recap. On the other side, good luck this weekend. Keep doing great things. Thanks again, Matt, for carrying the show last week. And UCLA doctors willing, I will return in two weeks. You're going to be back. Back and better than ever. We really hope so. There's a lot of people counting on me. I love you guys. Love you guys. Bye.
Mom.